Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a great start to your week. If you're in the middle of the week, hope you're having a great break in the week. And if you're towards the end of the week, welcome anyways. I'm super excited to be introducing this week's guest, Mr. Lee Holden. So Lee is a practitioner of a form of movement called Qigong which he's practiced for over 25 years and he's used to help over 10,000 students feel less stressed and more energetic. So for those of you who don't know what Qigong is, don't worry, we talk a lot about that on this episode, but it's a mind, body, and spirit practice that uses a combination of posture, movement, breathing, sound, and focus to help us deal with stress and disease. So Lee's work empowers people to live their happiest, most vibrant, most fulfilled lives using Qigong. So I met Lee at an entrepreneur conference and I was blown away, one, just by his demeanor towards life. He just seemed so at ease and at peace with what he was doing. And I had to have a conversation with him just about that. But more than that, towards the end of the event, I got to see a small trailer and a clip from Lee's new documentary and a movie that he's talking on superhuman potential. And in the documentary and the movie, it showed some scenes of people doing some extraordinary things, everything from Olympic level meditators to people putting fire on their mouth and being okay and not in pain and, and just being able to do these superhuman type activities and feats. And I was blown away, one, that there were people like that in the world, and two, that I'd never heard of them. So that alone got me extremely curious. So I couldn't wait to have Lee on. And Lee's wisdom and insight on energy left me so curious to discover and explore more and how I can infuse a lot of principles around Qigong into my own life. So on this episode, you actually will get to experience Qi firsthand. Lee shares a super simple energy generating exercise that'll allow you to feel some electricity through your fingers. So I'll leave that as a teaser. But all in all, you are so much more than you think. And by tapping into a lot of these principles like meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, energy, chi, you get to experience a whole new way of living just by diving into your own beautiful truth. And so I'm extremely excited about this episode. We have all of Lee's links in the show notes, as well as a link to the superhuman movie, which is exactly what I described earlier in this intro. Uh, so enjoy this episode. But before we get started, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your choice of podcast app is. Leave us a review with what you learned from this episode. I read all of them. And all in all, guys, I hope you guys are having just an amazing, amazing, amazing start to the week. And I hope that this week's episode just lights a fire in you because I know it did for me. So without further ado, here is the legend. Mr. Lee Holden. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. And uh, man, I'm beyond thrilled to be introducing you today, Lee. How you doing, my man? Hey, great. So good to be here. 
Yeah. Uh, excited about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I am super excited. We were talking about this before we got on, but you are literally the first Qigong expert that I've ever had the privilege of having like an intimate conversation with. Fantastic. Well, hopefully it's uh, new and exciting because not everybody knows what Qigong is. They're like, Qi what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I think that would be actually a fantastic place to to start. One is just explain what Qigong is in, in layman's terms, please, yeah. especially for me. You know, one of my goals is to bring Qigong out to the masses in a very modern way that's accessible, easy to use, practical and solves problems for people. So let's say Qigong is about less stress and more energy. Okay. And I think modern day folks really need that. How do we clear the stress that we have, whether it's manifesting in your body, tension, tightness, pain, disease? How do we clear this out and develop the tools and resources to really recharge, replenish our energy and kind of live our full vibrant selves without the hindrance of, you know, what we call stagnant chi or stagnant energy so that we have more, you know, vitality, vibrancy, and clarity as we move through our daily lives. Chi means energy. It's kind of a broad term. Also, chi means your aliveness. What keeps you alive? So things like breathing, eating, sleeping, nature are all going to be part of this mixture of chi that keeps us alive. Gong really just means to work with, work with the chi that's in your body. How do we work with in the best way possible our internal energy. And we can see energy or chi manifesting in really three distinct areas, the energy of your mind, the energy of your emotions, and the energy of your body. And so how do we gong or work with the energy of mind and consciousness, the energy of emotions and feelings, and the energy of the body and vitality? And then how do these three aspects of ourselves, mind, emotions, and body, all work together? Because the energy of emotions has a dramatic impact on the energy of your body. The energy of your mind has a dramatic impact on the energy of your body. So how do we work with an integrative approach to helping ourselves in peak performance in all three aspects so that we really, it's about living our happiest, most vibrant, fulfilled selves. So let me ask you this. If let's say I haven't encountered Qigong or the concept of Qigong, and I wanted to figure out whether it was my mind, my body, or my emotions that had the biggest weight for mm -hmm. me personally, how would I go about actually developing the sensitivity to understand what I need? Right. Isn't that interesting? You know, we don't, we don't really have a language within ourselves necessarily. Uh, we're not taught this in culture because in Western way of thinking, your body is speaking to you constantly. But for example, when you have pain or discomfort, this is your body trying to speak to you. Usually people go to work and they'll sit eight hours a day and their neck and shoulders start to hurt or they get a headache. And what do we do? We take a painkiller. So we kill the pain, the message that your body's trying to send to your mind rather than listening to it. So your body's talking to you. And instead of going like, huh, what is this pain trying to tell me? We're like, ah, oh, that's annoying. I'm going to get rid of it. And then we go back to doing the same pattern that created the problem in the first place so that your body then has to speak louder to you. So rather than being sensitive enough to tuning in to like, oh, maybe once every hour I'm gonna get up, take a few deep breaths and stretch, this might be the message of our body, we suppress it and then it causes a deeper problem, you know, something more chronic. So our, our body-mind system is continually in communication. Yeah. It's just that we haven't learned to consciously be aware of it and utilize the wisdom of the body as a resource to help to lead to more fulfillment 
It's more of like, oh, this, my body's a pain in the butt. Let me suppress it. Let me get rid of the things that are irritating and just focus in on my mind. So we really have a culture that's overly cerebral and doesn't put too much attention or emphasis on the wisdom of the body or even the wisdom of the heart. Now, you know, this ancient wisdoms talked about that there wasn't three separate systems, but it was one energy transforming into each other. So the energy of the body is more solid and we can really feel the physicality of the body, right. but to look for the mind, you can't find the mind. The mind is invisible as so is the emotions. You know, we can't do surgery on the heart and look for love. We yeah. can't, you know, open up the chest cavity and see, oh yeah, you're really stressed out. We don't do brain surgery and see any of the pictures or the dreams that go on your mind. So we have a physical energy, which we call form. And then we have a formless energy, which we call mind. Yeah. Now the mind really isn't just in your skull. It's throughout the whole body. Now we know this in neuroscience that your heart has 40,000 neurons. It's like a little mini brain that's constantly in communication and that the gut has receptor sites for neuropeptides which means that we have a thinking body. And this was in Chinese medicine or in Qigong was called the three treasures. The three treasures were your, your body brain, your heart brain, and your, your cerebral brain and how these all work together. When they work together, we feel powerful. And we also feel that there's a continuity or a flow in our lives. And so to tune in and to listen to these three wisdom centers is part of the practice. It's about maybe slowing down, taking some deeper breaths, listening to the bodies, listening to the body's wisdom. So if, if listeners are, are listening right now, when you listen to your body, you can say, where in my body do I have any discomfort? And then what's the message this part of my body's trying to tell me? So if you feel your neck and shoulders, you might just tune in and say, you know, is there a message here for me? Do a little journaling and you might get some really, really profound insights by just slowing down listening and asking a good question to yourself. Hey, what's this, what's this pain trying to tell me? And it might help you to clear that pain up, but it also might give you some guidance into moving your life in subtle or small shifts and sometimes even in profound and big shifts. When was the first time you realized, I mean, I, I can feel the passion and the fascination for the subject and just the way you explain it to me. When was the first time you personally realized the power that this had and why did that fascinate you? The very first time I was about 10 years old, I saw a martial arts teacher break a big stack of bricks. And I was like, wow, how did he do that? He's just like crushed this whole pile of 20 bricks. And he told me it was the power of chi. And I, at the time was studying martial arts. He said, you know, chi is great for martial arts, but it's even more powerful for healing. And it just kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And I was an athlete all through growing up. I played uh, collegiate soccer at UC Berkeley, and I had a horrible low back injury. My first reaction was to go to the team doctors. I got cortisol shots. I took painkillers, but the pain didn't go away, and the pain medication gave me a really bad stomachache. So I was in pain, not playing soccer, and had this awful now digestion. From there, I went back home, and I took, got some acupuncture. And he showed me some Qigong and Tai Chi movements that were specific to the low back. And in like two, three days, I was 50 to 75% better. And within a week, wow. I was like 90% better. The team doctor said I was out for the season. And all of a sudden, in two, three weeks of treatments, I was back playing. And I was like, why aren't more people doing this? And it was just that profound shift 
and even a catalyst for me. From that day on, I was just really interested in Eastern medicine. Immediately graduated from college and I went to Asia. I got hired by one of the most widely renowned Qigong teachers at that particular time to be his ghostwriter. So from the age 23 to 28, I was a ghostwriter for a Taoist Qigong master that I would go back and forth from California to Thailand and studied with all kinds of people, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Indonesia, Thailand, and really just delved into it in a way. I got into the esoteric practices, but then when I'd come home, I was like, how do I explain this to my soccer player friends? How do I explain this to somebody working in Silicon Valley or at a health club or you know, a senior center? And so I just started to distill the wisdom into really practical ways that we as Westerners, we in modern day life could really utilize the, this ancient wisdom. I think there's something to be said, man. I mean, you, I guess you, you were kind of at like a rock bottom moment. Like you had to try something and, exactly. and you, you were pretty open to trying everything. Right. Most people, at least, you know, I've experienced either old friends or family members. Every time there's something that I personally learn that I want to teach or there's something that has come up amazingly for me, there's always a sense of like, if they don't believe it's going to happen, it almost, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So right. building the belief in some of these esoteric concepts, how do you go about doing it in your own life? And how do you go about teaching other people to believe? Because I feel like believing is the first step to actually experiencing the change. You know, this is the energy of the mind that we were talking about before, because there's such a profound energy in the mind and its influence on the physical body. You know, we know that placebo has such an impact in our, in our physical health that we, if we believe something strong enough, all of a sudden, it shifts the biology in our bodies. So we go from mind, which is non-physical, non-local, this energetic, mysterious energy of our consciousness that has such a profound influence on our body. And I feel like, you know, placebo effect, this is something that we should study, figure out, and utilize more often because there's no side effects. It works extremely well. And it, it showcases the great mystery of life that the mind impacts physical reality. So knowing that when we believe something, there's an impact in our physical reality, I think is a profound way in which we can utilize the energy of the mind so that we're instead of telling ourselves in our internal dialogue, life draining stories, stressful stories, ways in which, uh, you know, negative internal dialogue, these have such impact on our physiology because it works the same way. So if we can start to work with the energy of the mind, the chi of the mind in visualizing ourselves the way we want to be in our health and vitality or the way in which we want our life to go, we can start to have a dramatic impact in a positive direction. Yeah. So there's some bridge building. I feel like uh, I'm a bridge builder between you know, ways in which people are living their modern life. And if, if we look at what people are doing, just observe modern life, people aren't thriving. They're not happy, healthy, and fulfilled. And how can we create the bridge in their own minds to shift into using and expanding their minds into creating more of what they want in their lives. There's a way in which we can ask good questions. And I think that's the bridge that, that I often use to help people to discover these latent powers within themselves and their own human potential. You seem like somebody who's pretty self-aware. And yeah. I don't imagine that awareness was built overnight. Did right. you get better at asking yourself questions and knowing which answers were true and which ones were placebos? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because this is the, uh, 
discriminating power of the mind and how do we delineate from, you know, all these roommates in our mind that have these, these voices that are so confusing. So number one, we need to get our awareness turned on so that we really observant of the thinking process that goes on because we call the thoughts in your mind acquired chi. The thoughts in your mind aren't even your thoughts. Most of the thoughts that we have in our mind, we don't even believe in. There are societies, there's our upbringing, there are schooling, they're just on a loop. So if we don't take charge of the energy of the mind, then we are repeating patterns and we are playing out a movie scene that has been, the script has been given to us. So really these techniques, we become our own director and we start to play out the movie that we want to play as, a, as opposed to just going through patterns that have been kind of superimposed onto us. We become our own best master, in fact. Otherwise, we look at medicine, we look at society, and we can step back and go, hey, is this really serving me? Is this really who I am? This whole process in Qigong terms is a process of self-discovery and that we can truly discover who we are and how we want to show up in life if we ask the right questions, if we do the right practices, and we really get to know ourselves and know what we want in life. I mean, a good question to ask ourselves is, what do I want? Because too often we are focused on what we don't want. And there's a saying in Qigong, where the mind goes, the energy follows. Meaning that if you're focusing on what you don't want, you're putting energy into it. And most people know how to worry, but worry is just meditation on something negative. And we want to be able to change that, to be able to ask, what do I really want? What do I want to create for my day, my week, my year? And put a lot of energy into that so that we're creating more of what we do want in our lives, whether it's internally or externally. I love the worry is meditation on negative energy. I think that's it's just meditation in reverse. I love that. That's that's so brilliant because you're right. I mean, if I choose to focus on something positive, I am technically concentrating on something that makes me feel good. Yeah. I think that people there's a trust factor, right? Like, I mean, do I trust myself to differentiate between thoughts? Do I trust myself? So to me, it almost sounds like building awareness is another form of building confidence. Absolutely. Yeah, and this trust thing is really an interesting concept too, because do I trust myself? But how do we trust in the mistrust of ourselves? Because it's true, we don't trust ourselves. So therefore, we have to look externally for our answers and we don't listen to this wisdom that we have within ourselves. So we're going to listen to the doctor we're going to listen to the psychologist for our emotions. We're going to listen to maybe our spiritual or religious leaders for our connection to a higher power because we don't have a trust within ourselves. And I think the beauty of maybe Eastern medicine or Eastern philosophy is it puts the power back into you so that you have the direct cell phone number to a higher power rather than having to go through a translator. That we can trust the wisdom in our bodies. You can trust the wisdom in your heart. And you can trust the wisdom in your consciousness because otherwise what we're saying is that I mistrust myself. I'm going to have to turn it over to everybody else. And we know what happens then. We get stuck in a Western medicine cycle where we're taking pharmaceutical pills that have side effects that we have to take more medication for. We don't feel connected to nature or higher power or our higher selves. And then we feel very disconnected from life. And if we're not listening to our heart center, we're going to feel really emotionally stressed out and worried about the future. And so when we turn that around, we take the same energies 
just like we said, the worry is meditation on the negative. We take those same faculties of mind and body. We just use them in a positive way so that it's helping us to create what it is we want in our health, in our emotions, and in our mind. So we really can trust in these internal signals and this internal energy to give us some guidance rather than mistrust it. Because like in Chinese medicine, I said, these are the three treasures. The three treasures means these are the gifts, the gifts of our body, the gifts of our mind, the gifts of our heart that are amazing. And people need to realize that their bodies and minds are miraculous, meaning that Eastern mystics, nor Western scientists have the answers of why you are the way you are. Nobody knows why your heart continues to beat or your mind continues to dream. There's no explanation. So we're here in this mysterious universe to, in Qigong terms, to just really enjoy where we are, to enjoy it and to celebrate life rather than to get contracted and stressed out about it. Oh man, that's beautiful. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. How do you accelerate? Because it's like I'm bought in and I love the idea. And I particularly what I love, we just said about mistrust. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you can learn to trust certain worries, certain negative thoughts, certain emotions, you can also learn to mistrust them. But you uh-huh, can also, right. you, can, you can shift the trust in any direction you want because right. where the mind goes, the energy flows. Right. So how do you accelerate the development of trust? Yeah. So weirdly, what we're talking about maybe now is in a Qigong and a Eastern medicine way is this flow state that most things in life you don't have to do. And we get this confused because if you look at nature, there's, you know, a river flowing down the mountain doesn't get stressed out because there's boulders in the way. Bamboo doesn't get stressed out that it has to blow the wind. Everything in nature has this relaxation, this effortless flow. And we as human beings somehow have gotten out out of our natural rhythms and cycles that we feel we have to do too much. But for example, your body already knows, has an organizing power and a healing power. If we let it take over, it'll self-regulate, meaning that you don't have to beat your heart or breathe your lungs or digest your food. There's an intelligence that already is established that does all of that for you. And stress is really when the bamboo feels like it has to move the wind or the river gets stressed out about coming down the mountain. These seem ridiculous, but we as human beings, we get stressed out about all the things we can't control. And what we do is we tighten our bodies. So for example, I was flying uh, on an airplane, this is a few months ago, and this woman next to me, I could tell she was very stressed out about takeoff. Not only was she drinking little bottles of vodka, but when the plane started taking off down the runway, she was pulling up and white knuckling her seatbelt and contracting her jaw, trying to lift the plane off the runway. Ah, yeah. (laughs) And so she was lifting so hard and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, here's a lady who thinks she's going to help the plane take off. And I'm like, you know, we all, we all do that. We all have planes in our life that we're trying to lift or the passenger driving in the car is trying to brake for the driver, or we go into a meeting and we start to contract our muscles or we're sitting in traffic and we tighten our jaws. All these things, we feel like we want to have control over an external environment that doesn't help us. So if we can relax more in the face of stress, what I like to do is teach relaxation so that we can get into this natural rhythm and flow and not have to feel like we're trying to control everything, but we're in a flow with an intelligence that's already established. And then this stuff that we're talking about happens all by itself. What would be a, cause I, I don't think we're taught to love stress. 
I just think that you, we might be maybe told that negative emotions are bad and we should fight them or right. experiences out of our control are right. harmful. And so we should run away from them. So right. I think just like the way parents have brought up children or whatever, whatever, you know, series of events have happened. Yeah. Sort of made us not trust that even the negative emotions in us are actually there for a reason. Yeah. You know, you make a really good point because negative emotions aren't bad. They're, they're, they're serving us. So just like tension in your neck and shoulders, it might be a message to relax or move your body in different ways, hold your posture. Negative emotions are again, signposts to shift your energy in different directions. So when we're feeling emotionally stressed, when we're feeling anxiety, if we tune in and listen to it, there's tremendous wisdom that we can excavate that will serve us in our life. And negative emotions, you know, we want our emotions to be connected to the present moment or to life circumstances. It's when our emotional energy is projected into the future. Let's say, oh, I'm worried that the stock market next week is going to crash. And now my present moment is full. Even though this worry that I'm projecting isn't happening right now, I am now stressed out about something that might happen later. Yeah. And this is where we want to unwind or break the cycle of stress or how we ruminate on the past and project that into the future instead of being comfortable with being in the present moment. So if a great friend of yours or a loved one passes away or a relationship dissolves, you know, it's very natural to feel sad, you know, what we call maybe a negative emotion, but this sadness connects you to life. If you see an injustice, you know, somebody harming an animal or a child and we feel angry, this is an emotion that's connected to the present moment. This is something we actually want to feel because it's going to propel us into action. It's going to connect us to life. It's emotional energy that's disconnected with circumstances where we create a story in our mind that's not associated with the present moment. And this story or these images then create a lot of emotional stress in our present moment that doesn't serve us. That's what we want to work with. That's the cycle of stress we want to break. And that's the energy because stress is going to have such a dramatic impact on our physiology and our, our mind-body system. So, you know, motions, like you said, they can be great servants, but they make lousy masters. Mm. We want to be able to look at those emotions, utilize them, bring us more in touch with life, but not have the emotional energy controlling us and dictating the direction of our life because most people are in more of a negative emotional slant for a very good reason. I can explain that later, but we want to like feel our okayness in the present moment, sense our emotions as good friends, but not something that we have to follow or that controls our lives. I think most people, including myself, I mean, we mistake surrendering with becoming the, the servant or allowing it to own you, right? So surrendering yeah. is not the same as giving in. Yeah. It's not powerlessness. No. Yeah. To me, right. making a choice to feel sad or allowing myself to feel is a sign of strength in knowing that I can experience this and I will be okay, which then allows me to move through it. Right. So how, yeah, do, you, absolutely. how do you explain the difference between surrendering and almost like giving in to somebody right. who doesn't understand the difference? Right. Because so many people, what they do is they feel an emotion then their mind, so your heart, your heart energy and your mind energy are in discord. I feel an emotion, but I shouldn't feel it. So I'm going to try to suppress it. I feel sad, but I shouldn't because, you know, men don't feel sad or, you know, I feel angry and oh, that's not inappropriate. So instead of, like you said, just, huh, being curious about these emotions, why do I feel some sadness? Is it 
Is it connected to a particular relationship, relationship to our emotions as a, as a point of curiosity, but not as a self-identification because emotions are just an experience that we get to have. They're not who we, who we are. So mm-hmm. when, we, when we're not identifying with an emotion, then we, there's a lot of freedom. I can just feel the emotion knowing that emotions are going to change. We'll come back to energy. Chi means energy. So emotion means energy movement, energy in motion. Energy moves, it, it creates a sensation in the body. That's why emotions are also called feelings. Yeah. I have a feeling. They're usually located somewhere in the body. And this experience of emotion is something that we get to have. And that the emotions, is, emotions are going to be in a constant process of change. And so if we just let them filter and flow through us, without grasping or hanging on, it won't create this discord in the body. So we go, oh, an emotion, positive, negative, happy, we can label it. Isn't that interesting? What's the lesson here? Am I enjoying this emotion? Am I not enjoying it? And pretty soon this will cycle through and we'll feel something different. And really these, these emotions are like waves that we get to surf each and every day and that we can experience it and bring us closer to life and not be too attached to it because here comes the next wave. Yeah, I, man, I love the uh, the playful energy, almost like a cure. You said curiosity, which is one of my favorite essential feelings or or emotional states. Because when I feel curious about not just how I feel, maybe right. curious about someone else, maybe curious about a culture, a food, anything, yeah. it opens up the gateways to gratitude or appreciation or intention, yeah. present. I mean, all these great feelings. So I want to kind of segue, man, into the movie. Oh, and, yeah. And, and yes. what you're doing, because with a sense of curiosity, I mean, when you were telling me about the movie, it got me peak curiosity. But then beyond that, I yes. could sense the curiosity in yourself and just what you were learning right. by observing the journey of doing this. So can you fill us in on what the movie is, the journey and how curiosity has played a role in your life? Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. The movie's called Superhuman. That's the working title with it right now. And it's really about our human potential. What is our human potential? So it is a whole movie on being curious. You know, we have this this upper limit belief system that we have. And through my travels and and experiences, I've seen people with extraordinary abilities, much like a, you know, Olympic athlete that runs, you know, you know, a mile under four minutes. And you're like, wow, how do they do that? Runs a hundred meter dash in under 10 seconds. You're like, these guys are not ordinary. They're, they've developed extraordinary abilities that most of us can't do that can be used as a source of inspiration. Yeah. But, you know, my world is more in this Qigong and energy, maybe spirituality. And there's individuals that I've seen and recognized that have this extraordinary ability. And, you know, a friend of mine, a colleague, his name is David Verdesi. We follow him. He's, he's, he's d- developed a skill set in meeting these people with extraordinary abilities. So we traveled in Indonesia and China, and India, and Russia, to find people that that showcase our human potential. Not that we're saying, hey, everybody should be able to develop this in the same way we're not saying everybody should be, you know, running a a 1500 meter in under four minutes, but you too have extraordinary abilities and potential to tap into. And aren't you curious to know what that is? Aren't you curious to know what your human potential is? And the film is about inspiring that and inspiring viewers to go, wow, there's much more to this mind-body system than I thought. My ceiling was way too low, and I could really push my upper limits and extend 
and expand my curiosity to see what I'm capable of and what inspirations and dreams are within me that I want to bring forth. I love the, um, and, I, and I love you're doing this work because I've always believed that what you don't know, you can't create. Yeah. And what you don't create, you can't experience, which is ultimately the point of life. And so give me an example of when you say an extraordinary human being from the mind, body, spirit sort of realm, like what does that entail? Because I, I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I'm somebody, I can't even imagine, like I can see extraordinary feats of strength. Okay. Right. I can see extraordinary gifts in music or, or athleticism, but when it comes to the mind, like what is possible? What's possible, right? I mean, those things are manifestations of the mind, you know, the, the music, the artistic abilities, the compositions, the, the poems, and, you know, even athletic ability is a, is a feat of the mind because a lot of people have potential to be great athletes, but the focus of the mind and the energy that comes from the mind into the body is tremendous. So these folks have just done things that we might say are outside of the realm of what we think is possible. So, for example, there's a you know a man in Indonesia, and he, energetically, he's when you touch him or hold his hand, he gives you a shock that is so powerful the current runs through your body. He's a healer, wow. and we've met maybe you know David's met maybe a hundred of these people all over the world. You know, it's Kundalini Yoga, it's uh, the great powers of Qigong and Qigong masters. Some call it, you know, the sacred energy that's been giving, given to them from the divine, but it really manifests as a current of energy. Now, I'm not just talking about, let's say, a subtle energy. Yeah, I think I can feel it. This is something where you feel when you hold their hand and they send you energy, you feel a current that's moving through you that's electrifying. Your wow. all the muscles in your arm contract. It feels you, you're going to go like, where's the battery? How are they plugged in? So, you know, what we did, we had a, a small team of scientists. We checked them with, you know, let's say airport security detectors, make sure there's no metal in their bodies and things like that. You know, one of the masters, for example, the great, great showing of this would be to take paper and to send the energy and get it to ignite or light on fire. <laughs> so this, you know, this master is, you know, sending so much chi or energy through his body that he can ignite newspaper. I mean, that's so this sounds to me right now as a, as a third party, this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, right? What is the science or what is the, like the practice that these masters have dedicated their lives to that have given them these extraordinary abilities? Why don't we show what, what listeners something that they can do to feel this current in their body? Because we all have electricity. I mean, do it. scientifically, we know that each and every cell has a, has a current that we know that your, your heartbeat, how does it beat? It beats because of these electrical cells. Your nervous system has tremendous current. We harnessed all the energy within you. You could, you know, you're, you, you're more powerful than a bolt of lightning. And so what these masters have done is just been able to harness their energy in a very profound way. These are top people on their game, you know, and, and it is unbelievable. So we wanted to show it in a, in a movie setting, that, you know, and I'm not even, we're not even there to prove that these are true. This is the wow factor. We want people to go like, wow. I want to open people's mind. Is it possible? Is it not? What's possible for me? And see, you know, we have a Russian woman. She can read with being blindfolded. What? So she can tell shapes and she can maybe what we call dislocate her mind and bring it out of her body. And in the movie, we go into the car and get a car manual. She's Russian and it's in English. And she reads, she reads the car manual, basically. It's a really cute, wonderful scene, but just like, your mind is much more capable of doing amazing things than we think. 
So let me, let, let's get an energetic exercise. Basically, it's very easy. You could do this. You don't have to see what see me. If, if you're driving, don't do it. But basically, you rub your fingernails together. So you take your two hands, put your fingernails, have them touch, and just go back and forth. And you rub the first knuckle and your fingernails together vigorously. And this will only take 15 seconds, but take a nice deep breath. And the, what we call the ends of the meridians are at the tips of the fingers. Meridians means energy pathways. And you take a nice deep breath again. And then if you bring your hands just down into your lap, you're going to feel nice vibration or electricity in your hands. Yeah. Because the meridians have been stimulated. And so we all have this current, this dormant potential within us that when activated in the proper way, we're going to get a charge or a current. And this happens all the time. You know, we hear a good song and our emotions swell and we feel, we feel a shift in our energy. Somebody tells us something nice and our energy shifts. So we have this energy within us and this current, but most of the time we don't know what, the, what our potential power is in terms of our energetic capabilities. So let me ask you, Lee, uh, for someone like myself, right? Or somebody who is new to these concepts, obviously there's, I mean, it would take a massive lifestyle change to experience what these masters and Olympic level meditators and all these, you know, different uh, masters can do. What is possible for like the average human being to experience when they begin to cultivate the energy of the mind and spirit? Yeah. You know, we, we all have tremendous potential. So I think, you know, the upper limit is if we just put a ceiling on ourselves that is so low that we can really stretch that up. And I think this is, the, this is a good inquiry for everybody to ask themselves, what is possible? What's possible for me in my life right now? And to really recognize that we can only start with where we are right now. We can only start in this moment. What is possible for me, where I'm at, and what is it that I want to create? What was it that I want to experience? And what is it that I want to stretch into? And thinking of those questions, we can just start to practice and have good techniques that help to steer our energy and our bodies and our minds in those directions. I know this for a fact that you can lead an energized, a happier, more fulfilling life with these techniques. It just helps us to uncover and release emotional and physical stress that is unnecessary. In the same way, the lady pulling up on her seatbelt in the plane, it's an unnecessary stress that if she relaxes, she's going to have more energy than contracting for 12 hours on a plane flight because she's worried. You know, we, we don't want to fight our powerlessness. We don't want to stress ourselves out when we can't control. And what is it that we can't control? We can't always control the external environment. I can't control the plane, the traffic, what other people think and feel, maybe the political situation. I can only control me and my own internal energy. So when I relax in the face of where I don't have power, I'm going to acquire power within that is much greater than I ever thought possible. So relaxation is key. Activating energy is key. And then harnessing the energy of mind and body can be key to the tapping into the resources of our human potential. So what does that look like? Does that look like daily meditation? Does that look like reading more? Does that look like exercise? Like, well, what yeah, is it? All of that is great. So reading inspiring stories, great. And reading techniques or philosophy, wonderful to line our minds up. And then, you know, Quite simply, it's breathing exercises and getting your mind really clear. Waking up your mind into its potential with meditation is a great practice and the right meditations. If you have breath work 
and mind work with some, let's say, flow techniques of Qigong, you're really on the, on the right start. And, it, you know, people think it's going to take a lot of work, but in 15, 20 minutes of a day of practice, over a week, two weeks, a month, you're going to see some incredible changes. I love that, man. I'm inspired right now, and I want to learn more from from you and just and, and more Qigong. I want to I want to get more into Qigong just in general because this is fascinating to me. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any resources that you can share with us that we absolutely? Can- I have a I have a lot of free stuff because I want people to experience it. You know, I don't want people just to take my word for it. I want them to like dive into it because your experience should be what you take as something that's profound and empowering. At holdenqigong.com, qigong is spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G, holdenqigong.com. I have a, like a free little mini course. Uh, we always send out in our emails free little techniques on you know clearing stress or energizing. I've had a show on public television for about 10 years on condition-specific things. Right now, the show is called Less Stress, More Energy. But on my website, we have Qigong routines for neck and shoulder or headaches, digestion, low back, better breathing, all kinds of conditions so people can go, oh, yeah, that's what I have. Let me try that and see if it works for me. And that's wonderful. We'll also have, you know, if you're interested in the sort of superhuman side of things, we also have online courses and seminars on some of the superhuman techniques. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they're on breath work and they're just a little bit deeper. We can kind of take people wherever they're interested and give them you know, wonderful techniques that aren't, aren't really available. It's, you know, these superhuman techniques have also been shrouded in mystery because either persecution or not wanting people to find their own power. But really now is the time where we could really utilize these techniques to make the world a better place. It's the age of consciousness, man. I'm excited. And so tell me more about the movie itself. What's it going to be called again? It's right now the working title superhuman. It's a path of liberation. How do we liberate ourselves from, you know, being in this, you know, cave of confinement and like really come out of the cave of our minds and to see what we're capable of. Right now we have superhumanmovie.com and we're going to have all kinds of things on that website. Perfect. We'll have some free showings, um, some techniques and courses. So holdenqigong.com and superhumanmovie.com. You can find a whole lot more about that. Lee, I'm I'm super excited, man. I, I love the work you're doing and I, and I love the idea of inspiring people to find the giants within themselves. And that is what your work is. And I just want to thank you so much. I learned so much on this conversation just about stress management, how to navigate the emotional states that are either trusted or mistrusted in our own lives. And uh, it was definitely illuminating for me to see how much work I personally have left to do. (laughs) Hey, wonderful. Such a great interview. And thanks for those great questions. I think it's such an exciting time, such an exciting topic. I'm really passionate about it. And I just, you know, I think we can just explore what we're capable of. Yeah. Lee, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've seen, everything you continue to experience and where you're headed in life, how do you stay grounded? constantly coming back and returning to the present moment. You know, I ask myself a good question to stay grounded is where am I? And I just logically answer that. I I'm right here in this moment. I feel the chair at my back. I'm looking at the sights in my room. I'm looking out the window at the beautiful trees. I'm right here. Is there anything right here right now that's stressing me out? Usually the answer is no. Okay. I'm grounded. Mm, I love that. That's so simple. And it should be. It should be. We the earth are, is right here under your feet. 
You're always grounded. We are always grounded. (laughs) Man, I love that. Lee, again, uh, brother, thank you so much for making the time and for sharing your wisdom with our audience. Guys, I hope you guys found Lee's incredible knowledge uh, just profound, because I know I did. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Lee, and from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.